Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I am Lori LeBay, and I'm also the host and the founder of Alzheimer's Speaks. For those of you that are new to our show, I just want to give you a little background about who the heck are we. Um, And basically at Alzheimer's Speaks, we're an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort worldwide. And we believe that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and just having these everyday conversations about life with dementia that we're going to be able to remove the stigmas attached to memory loss and help those living with the disease continue to live with purpose. At our core, Alzheimer's Speaks believes collaboratively is the only way we're going to win this battle against dementia. And I know it's working because of all of your likes and clicks and shares with with all of your Twitter tribes, your Facebook friends, your LinkedIn colleagues, your Pinterest uh, people out there. Um, Every time you like or share, you're pushing our information out um, into the world. And, you know, that just helps people grab it when they're ready, because so many of us have people in our influential circles that we don't even know are dealing with this. Um, This is kind of an embarrassing disease for many. They don't really talk about it. And um, so by pushing it out, you're just making it a little easier conversation piece and a little easier to grab. So I encourage you to continue doing that. Um, you guys were the ones that, that got us uh, named the number one influencer online for Alzheimer's, according to ShareCare and Dr. Oz. And again, you did that by just taking those couple seconds, liking and um, pushing information out to those in need. So again, I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I also want to let you know that if you're interested in being on the show, just reach out to me. You can email me at lori, L-O-R-I, at alzheimerspeaks.com, or you can go to our website, alzheimerspeaks.com. And up on top, there's a big button that says contact, and just click on that. You can send me an email or call me directly. We like to hear everyone's voice. So you might be diagnosed with dementia. Maybe you're caring for a loved one or a friend. Maybe you're a professional You might have written a book, doing some research, um, have a video or a movie, a song. Um, We want to hear from everybody. It takes all of us uh, to to make change. And um, it's really been a fun job for me to be able to connect people all around the world and just um, incite some passion and um, hear how people are applying what they've learned through their own journey um, to help others is, is really Um, quite empowering. So thank you all for joining us. Um, Before I introduce our guest, I do just want to give a shout out um, on a couple of things. One is for FreshBooks, which you can get a free 30-day trial um, if you need an invoicing campaign um, and some tracking system for your finances. Go to www.gofreshbooks.com forward slash live. That's gofreshbooks.com dot com forward slash alive and you can test them out for 30 days free 
You can also go to audibletrial.com forward slash social and get a free Audible book there. Um, Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash social and, uh, and check them out. Let me go ahead and introduce our guest here. We'll get uh, we'll get our show on the road here. We are really lucky to have Catherine Harrison with us, and Catherine is a Canadian author and illustrator, and she is a business professional that turned artist. She has an MBA, uh, MBA and she's worked over ten years in marketing and. Um, she also has a fine art diploma from the Toronto School of Art. And she was personally stirred um, by her experience with her own mother's dementia. And she has written and illustrated and published a book called Weeds in Nana's Garden. So welcome, Catherine. Thank you. Well, I so, mean, oh, go ahead. I'm just thrilled to be here. Well, good. We're excited to have you. Um, and I appreciate you sending me a copy of the book. That's always fun to to be able to get my hands on, and then I always give those out um, either when I'm speaking or to our our uh, memory cafe group because they always have grandkids that are um, dealing with this uh, this issue um, themselves. So this is a great little story. Um, it's very heartfelt and, and filled with love, and um, you know your your illustrations are are very fun, um, and you can just see the kind of love pour out. Of them, can you tell our audience what drove you to create Weeds in Nana's Garden? You know, what was your reason behind behind doing this book? Thank you, and thank you for uh, for talking about my book about the illustrations. And I'll get into that. But yeah, what was behind it was when my mom was diagnosed with dementia several years ago. I actually had really small children. Uh, I had a new infant and a two year old daughter. And I quickly learned that having my kids around um, and having a mother with dementia at the same time was a relationship that actually added a lot of value. Um, My kids and my mom together uh, helped each other. And I found that they helped me too. My kids helped me. They were so accepting and they uh, didn't judge what was going on with my mom. There was so much focus from my children on what was happening in the present time and there wasn't a focus on what's changing and, and what's different. So I found that having kids around really made my experience better and uh, it was difficult sometimes to get them to stay involved. And so I was driven while I was going through the experience to think of ways to get the kids to feel more comfortable and get more involved in it. Yeah, and that, that can really be tricky to do because there's so much dif- discomfort on an adult level, let alone, you know, with our kids, um, you know, in this process. I, I find it interesting, though, um, how much kids uh, are able to teach us as adults in terms of of disease and um, stereotypes, so as well. Have you found that to be true as well? Definitely. They, they were teaching me, like I said, to accept the situation and just, you know, it, relax and enjoy what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, they, when, you know, I think of this experience when we were uh, decorating Christmas trees and my mom who traditionally would have been you know like a home magazine kind of mom in terms of how perfect the house would look 
started to throw the decorations on the tree, you know, willy nilly. And it was like this crazy moment for me to see my mother doing that. And then my daughter looked at her and went, oh, this is great, <laughs> and started to throw the stuff on it, too. And then we all decided to do it. And then I was like, wow, you know, because my daughter was here at that moment, she taught me to relax and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. How old was your daughter at that time? Do you remember? Uh, she probably would have been about five. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And they're just out to have fun, you know, exactly. and, and they don't see anything weird. They're just out for a joyful moment. I mean, that's kind of their their whole motivation when they pop out of bed in the morning, you know, <laughs> is, is how are we going to play? And, uh, exactly, and so, exactly. And so grandma and, was doing something that was, uh, that mom probably wouldn't do. And so it was pretty cool. <laughs> exactly. So it was, it became obvious to me that, uh, you know, people used to say to me, oh, it must be hard because you have young children and, you know, you're caring for your mom. But I used to say, no, like, it's great that I have, my young children as part of this experience and they you know as my mom progressed in the disease they would be when we were finally in a nursing home they would be you know how do we work this mechanical bed and having fun with the mechanical bed and let's go color with some of the other residents and let's run down the hall and dance and sing and you know all those things that um, made the experience so much better was because of having them by my side. Yeah, they are kind of our little comic relief because they don't see anything wrong um, in doing mm-hmm. any of those things. And they're they're just out to still have fun and still engage no matter where somebody is in life. And I, I just think that that's such a powerful lesson. I know with uh, my own daughter, um, she helped me calm down and learn how to play again. Because uh, I kind of mm-hmm. I kind of lost that as an adult. You know, I was like really... Mm-hmm in control and, and things were very linear, you know, right. and A, you know, B comes after A and, and everything had an order to it. And um, between my daughter and my mom, I found out, oh, that's so not true. You know, it was, <laughs> it was like getting out the, the, the Legos again and just creating um, something different and it didn't have to be perfect. You know, it was just what, you know, it was kind of like art, you know, what your mm-hmm. eye sees is okay. And right. um, instead of this strict, um, you know, conforming mold that I kind of um, put my life into that I didn't even know had happened until no. until things changed with my mom and um, and with with my daughter kind of highlighting things. It was it was really quite a great gift um, to be able to have happen. Right. And I would agree with you, too. I think that you you learn from your kids that that there's some things that that you can do differently and enjoy your life a lot more if you just relax. Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> um, why why did you decide to kind of set your story up in the garden? Was there a, um, something really personal with that? Is that something that your mom just um, totally loved in her past? Or, or what, what drew you to the garden? Well, in, again, it was my daughter that had the insight uh, I have to claim her insight. We we spent a lot of time in my mom's garden as my mom was ill. We spent a lot of time sitting in the garden with her, walking through the garden. And it was my daughter that when we were walking through the garden, she said to me, Mom, the disease, there's all, you know, and the garden was starting to get more disarrayed. My dad was never really into the gardening. So the garden was very metaphorically getting more overgrown as my mom's disease progressed and 
my daughter said, Mommy, there's so much more weeds in the garden. And I said, <laughs> yes. And she said, it's kind of like the disease in Nana's brain. The, the weeds are hiding the flowers, like the disease is hiding Nana. And it was because of that, because of that statement that I went, wow, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. That totally makes sense. And uh, it was, I'd already thought about making a children's book uh, to help children, to bring children into this experience. And when I heard my daughter say that, it, all of a sudden the idea for the book gelled. And it was a very visual way of representing the disease in a, a way that children could relate to. And it afforded me the opportunity to draw um, illustrations that would be nice and interesting for children to look at. So that's really what brought me in to the garden. Oh, very neat. Now, I would imagine you probably had some some help um, with the book in terms of creating this. And I know you your daughter um, definitely helped in terms of the vision of kind of the setting. Did she help in other ways? And did you have others as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, my daughter was actually quite a bit of the model in the book. So mm-hmm. the Although it's not her per se, um, I did uh, use her to model a lot for my book. Like any illustration, you need people to do the poses that you're doing, and she was very obliging for that. And um, I also had friends that were really supportive and always looking to do anything they could help. Um, I also had two really interesting experiences where I brought the book early on into a bunch of um, two classrooms full of grade four kids. So Mm -hmm. they would be nine-year-olds. And I presented the story. I showed sketches and talked to the kids about dementia and Alzheimer's and talked to them about the story. And and that was extremely eye-opening for me. There was kids that knew absolutely nothing about this illness, and they there was kids that were right in in it and knew all about it. Mm-hmm. And um, their questions are what I actually caused me to build the question and answers that's in the back of the book because they asked so many great questions, mm-hmm. and it was really um, them that inspired me to include things like the fairies that are in the book and there's a cat in the book that is throughout the book for the kids to find Mm -hmm. uh, because they all felt like I had the ideas of including it and when I spoke to them they were all very enthusiastic about that so just having them contribute was really great and you know what their most their most relevant question that they all wanted they kept asking over and over again was what can we do to help and that was really cool that that was what they wanted to know the most oh wow did they did any of them come up with ideas um, themselves in terms of what they might be able to do to help somebody with dementia yeah, they they were a lot about um, they were a lot about helping their parents. That was kind of their big thing that they decided they could do more than anything. Mm-hmm. So if somebody was, and I guess oh another thing was there's, there's I, there was a young boy that recognized that there was somebody in his neighborhood that might have dementia, and he sort of just made that connection and. I'm not sure of the result, except that he seemed like he would now be more comfortable with what was going on. 
Well, that's interesting. And, and I think it's also interesting that the kids wanted to help their folks, which to me says um, they see and feel what's going on in the family dynamics. But so many times we don't tell the kids, we don't include the kids, but they're right. sensing it all along and they want to help. And so it's, yeah. it's, it's really important for us to include them um, because uh, there's so much that they can offer. Um, you know, like you said, I mean, they just make you look at things in a, in a new fashion. Um, one that we, we don't always see clearly as adults because we're too busy taking everything so dang seriously. (laughs) And, um, and, uh, and so if we open that door a little wider, I think, um, they just come up with some creative things. We just had a, a young lady on who is nine, who has started a blog, um, and it's called kids, kid caregivers, and she's just mm. kind of out to change the world. And, um, <laughs> you know, Haley is, uh, she's just, a, Haley Richmond is just a little powerhouse. And she's actually the assistant director to uh, Max Wallach, who does Puzzles to Remember. And she delivers, delivers puzzles to um, people in nursing homes and memory care. And then we'll, we'll play with them um, oh, and put puzzles together and, you know, do songs and, and different things. And she's starting to bring some of her friends into that environment to kind of teach and mentor them how to interact, which is pretty cool. So Very cool. So Yeah, I mean, they can play. They have so much part to play to part. And they, you know, the, I always talk about how my children were part of our caregiving team. They were just as important as me when we were going to visit my mom, that they were in the home that they would put on the music and they would pick out where we were, were going to take her to that day and that they were just part of it and they were an important part of it. Yep. Very. And I think they got confident too from that role. Like I see my daughter now and I see that she's very sympathetic to other people and their illnesses. And I think that it breeds this um, empathy in children mm-hmm. by but- having them involved. So. Which is so needed in this world today, too. You know, we just don't have, we've kind of lost that compassion and, and empathy for, for other people's situations. And um, so I think the book, uh, you know, really can help people along in that process, um, for sure. And I liked the way that, you know, with the cat and with the fairies, you know, it's, it's kind of like a Where's Waldo book. You know, they can look at the illustrations and then have to you know, still stay engaged and what do they see, you know, in each page, you know, is there a fairy that's popping up um, and, you know, what might be their thoughts as they're looking on with the cat, um, with, mm-hmm. with uh, the little girl and her, and her Nana. Um, it's just, uh, it's just kind of a fun way to, to see them celebrate. And even the fairies here, um, you've got the, the fairies are having a party. I tell Nana to celebrate the flowers, you know, and they're just dancing around and the flowers are gorgeous, and, and everybody's just happy, you know. And um, I, I just think it's a, a nice way that you've woven woven that into the book to make sure interest is held. And, um, and I love the questions at the end to help give them some direction and just to be able to have a conversation, uh, you know, about, about the book and about the disease as a whole. So that's great. Um, go ahead. And the other thing that the children I were interested about with the fairies, which 
was I was I was very happy that they saw that that they all because they're nine so they were you know, they're still in that world of imagination and they all understood that the fact that the da- the granddaughter and the nana share this fairy belief is like this sort of secret bond that they have uh, that they sort of are, you know, imagining together. And the children all felt that that was really important to keep too, that they have this intimacy, this sort of magical thing that they share together. Oh, very neat. And that's, uh, you know, how fun is that? And, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a grandma now, so I, I've kind of reverted back into that playful stage, you know, with my own grandchildren. And it's just so precious um, to mm-hmm. be able to to go in that mode, and I think back to being a parent where I thought I played, um, but this is it's, it's at a, it's at a different level, you know. Um, it just it it's at a very different level because I can just go have fun now. Um, I don't have to be as responsible <laughs> as, as <laughs> right. when when I was mom, you know, playing that role, and so it it just feels to me like it's a a deeper connection, and that's kind of what I get out of the book is this depth of connection. Um, that I think is missing so much in society these days. Great. I'm really glad that that you can feel that in the book. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, Can you tell our audience what makes your book um, uh, kind of the right choice for families who are dealing with Alzheimer's or dementia? What, what do you think makes yours a little bit different than others? Um. Let me start by saying I'm in the last five years, there has been so many incredible new books um, that have come out about this topic. You know, when I started this book about five years ago, there were very few books about it. But as you know, the awareness and the need for information and, and understanding of dementia and Alzheimer's is growing. And as a result, there's a huge uh increase in the number of children's books out there. And I actually just did a, an article for alzheimers.net and discovered there's at least 15 new books in the last two years that have um, been created. So that's great <laughs> that there's lots of choice. And I think it's helpful for a child to have different books about it, right, To depending on the child and, dep- and allows them to... Uh, see a, a big broad view of uh, it in different ways and different experiences with whether it's a grandfather or a grandmother or you know an aunt or a friend or what have you so yeah I'm really excited to see all those other books out there um, you kind of mentioned already one of the things I was trying to do with my book is to get it very visually interesting for children because it is a bit of a heavier topic um, I was focused on creating a book that the kids are excited to sit down and read with mom and dad or whoever mm-hmm. uh, because of the visuals, because it's kind of fun to find the fairies and the, and the cat, cat to, to look at the garden. But there's this other um, metaphor that talks about the disease that, but also lends interest for a child to be engaged in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I also made the book really minimal number of words um, because I have the questions and answers at the back the story itself is quite minimal in words, so it's an easy read, even though it does cover quite a bit. Um, and I also really focused on making sure that I went through most of the stages of dementia. I mean, everyone's experience is different, and 
my mom had frontal temporal dementia, so her uh, her disease progressed very rapidly, actually more rapidly than this book does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I really wanted to show sort of from the beginning all the way to um, needing a wheelchair and being physically changed so that children would be able to see uh, the whole progression and not in a scary way, but in a way just to inform them about what's going on and what might happen and, and how it might change going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, you know, when you're able to share that, it, it takes some of that scariness out. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I remember when my daughter was in kindergarten, and um, I remember the teacher coming up to me and going, oh, your daughter is so good with so-and-so who's handicapped and you know there was another one that had a developmental disability and she's like oh she and I'm like you don't get this do you she doesn't (laughs) she doesn't see those things she just sees a person you know um so it's it's very interesting what we learn and what we're taught about how things should be And, and young kids don't see those things as obstacles they just right. see them as different, and they accept them, and then they move on and go, okay, well, how can we still play, you know? <laughs> right, what can we do now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just, uh, I, I think it's something that us as adults need to learn, um, uh, seriously learn uh, much better um, how to how to do that in our in our in our kind of big girl panties, you know, <laughs> world that we live in. Um, because, you know, I just look at, at the world as a whole and how dysfunctional we've become because we think this is right and this is wrong. And, and there's so much, um, not even gray, but so many different colors in between, you know, and that's what the kids see is they don't see it black or white. They don't see it gray. They just see this opportunity for colors and change and engagement and, and just joy, you know, it's just, it's real simple in their world. They just want to have fun, you know? Oh yeah. And, um, yeah. And we kind of put the skids on that a lot of times. <laughs> you know. My son used to love playing with my mom's wheelchair, mm-hmm. <laughs> both when she was in it and when she wasn't in it. But when she was in it, it was always like, uh, I was always a little bit like, oh, can I let him be so free yep. <laughs> with her in the wheelchair? Yeah, very yeah, fun. But- yeah. And um, I mean, how how cool is that, you know? Um, to to not see it as a disability. To I mean, they look at it as um, you know, just a, another opportunity um, to try mm-hmm. something new. You know, and um, in the wheelchair is a great example. It's like, okay, you know, you get out of it, and let me sit in it now, and you push me around. <laughs> exactly. I get a turn. I yep. want to be in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. the the um, outlook is very very different from the norm. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, I see that, you know, on your book at the bottom, it says your purchase supports the Alzheimer's um, Society of of Canada. Can I ask why you decided um, to um, to coordinate with them in this book? Um, And uh, I just think people are always interested in things like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, Well, when our family was managing my mom's disease, the Alzheimer's Society of Canada was the organization that had the support that we needed that we didn't know where else to go they offered support groups and counselors uh, and they had people for us to go to and as you probably are well aware of so many of us take forever before we ask for help in this disease 
uh, until you're really, really struggling and, uh, and you feel like you don't know what to do, when you called, when I called the Alzheimer's Society of Canada and had my first meeting session with a counselor there, I was like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, you guys know what you're doing and you know how to help us. And all of a sudden, everything got a lot easier. Uh, support about, you know, the services we should be looking at and just even the knowledge about how you're feeling and they knew how I was feeling. And uh, so they really helped us, they, that organization. So that was really why I also decided to publish the book rather than uh, seek out a publisher is because I really wanted the book to give back to this organization that helped our family so much. And the perfect way to do that was to do this donation for all the purchases of this book. So it allows me to not only share the knowledge, but also share the wealth, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wonderful. I think that that's a, you know, a great way to be able to give back and to raise awareness and, and things. So, um, you know, kudos to um, the Alzheimer's Society of Canada for supporting families the way that they do and encouraging them to move forward and, and use their journey and leverage it to, to help others like you've done with your book here. Um, it's a, it's a, and they did uh, they did a lot of actually help with my book as well. I they were my editors, and they especially with the questions and answers. I had uh, a team of the counselors from the society make sure that they they you know the answers were uh, as accurate as they could be with all the knowledge and that they had. So I was really grateful for them to help me with that too. Yeah. Well, that's one of the nice things, too, with your your answers to questions, you know, um, you know, for the kids is, you know, you've broken things down into kind of nutshell um, so that they can comprehend these things and uh, not not get too overwhelmed from Mm -hmm. what is dementia and what is Alzheimer's to who gets it and why do you get it? And um, how do you know if you have it? And, you know, are there medicines to help? You've got um, how come you forget things? You know, I mean, that's just a real common question I can see kids asking, or why do you behave differently? Um, why does your body have trouble moving? Um, and what can I do to help somebody um, that has dementia? Um, and, and like you said, you've, you've summed these up just really nicely um, and just kind of the common things that, that younger children would probably want to know um, and be inquisitive about. So I think that that, that again, is wonderful. Now, um, are these in libraries and things? Is your book out there, or is that something that, you know, our audience can help with in terms of letting their local libraries know that this would be a good book to um, place um, in their libraries? Oh, definitely. Uh Right now, I've been, the book is in some local libraries, in local to where I am in Canada, mm-hmm. uh, but I would love to get the book available in more libraries. And as an independent publisher, libraries are, have limited time and resources, so they rely on known publishers to mm-hmm. source their books. So it's, kind of, it's been kind of a one-at-a-time situation for me to get into libraries where I meet and show them the book. But if, yeah, if there's some of your listeners out there that are interested in the book and they ask their library, uh, then the library might decide to carry it and they can get it through uh, my distributor in Grimspark can 
all libraries have access to get it from them. So that would be fantastic. Um, I'm also looking to get into elementary schools and mm -hmm. have been not only speaking with library, local libraries, public libraries, but the libraries of the elementary schools in my area um, and some teachers as well who believe very strongly that this book is something they want to add to their classroom. So, and I'm really excited about that because they believe that it's not just for sharing for kids that have someone with dementia in their family, but it's a book that they can share to every child out there because it's something that uh, will help them even if they're not directly affected by it. Okay. Help build an awareness. And, yeah. Wonderful. I, I know in um, Roseville, Minnesota, I'm on a committee there that is a kind of a grassroots dementia-friendly um, group, and the library there has some funds specifically for this topic, um, you know, and with the big dementia-friendly movement, you know, throughout, well, basically throughout the world, um, you know, now it, it looks like, you know, more books are going to be categorized for this topic, which before it was like, where do I put this? Is this a self-help? <laughs> is this medical? Is this health? Is this, you know, what is this? Right. And, um, you know, they're, they're looking, I think, more closely at um, Alzheimer's and dementia and caregiving as a whole, um, which, is, which is great to see. Um, and it'll make it easier for authors going forward as well with that. Now, to, to purchase the book, can they get that off your website, or is it best to go to, um, like, Amazon, or what, what's the best mode? Uh, they can go to my website, the website for the book, weedsinnanasgarden.com. And from the website, you have the option of buying a hardcover book directly from the site. Or there's also links to buy a soft cover version from all the major online distributors like Amazon and Barnes and Noble, um, AmazonUS.com uh, and .ca and Amazon UK as well. So, yeah, it depends on if, and the hardcover right now is being a direct sale as well as I'm selling the hardcovers at some of the local retailers to me. Uh, and opening up, I just actually got an email from a Singapore retailer and uh, one from a UK retailer to stock the hardcover version of the book as well. Oh, wonderful. Well, that's very exciting. Very, yeah, very great. Exciting. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience regarding um, your book, Weeds in Nana's Garden? Um, one thing actually that I think has been really cool and unexpectedly so is how much uh, doing this book has enabled me to build new relationships with people that are currently having uh, a dementia family member and sharing and going beyond the book. So because I am sometimes getting people directly emailing me, and uh, I have a big in, uh, Instagram group of people that I'm connected with, and it's just been such an unexpected bonus to meet these people from all over the world and hear about their story and my sharing my story and all of us helping each other through this disease. So that that's something I never expected and I just wanted to share how wonderful it is. Um, and I'm happy to open my heart and uh, open my communication to anybody that is interested in that. It's something that I am really been enjoying. Um, and yeah, Lovely. now I have people all over the world that we can share 
our experiences and our knowledge and our laughter together. So, yeah. What a nice gift. What a nice gift to give people. Um, mm-hmm. one, one last question I wanted to ask, what did your family think about you doing this book? Cause I know sometimes families are yeah, not so sure we should be sharing, you know, our personal story here and, and other times they just really embrace it. What, how did your family deal with the book? Uh, there was no concern about, uh, they were very much embracing it really happy that I was doing it, excited that my story and that my mom's story was going to be shared to the world and helping others. Um, you know, my as we all feel about this disease, my mom's journey on this world was cut really short and the opportunity to give her legacy something by having this book and sharing her garden because the book and the illustrations were based on her, her garden. Uh, was a gift that she gave us to give to the world. So just everyone's just been really supportive and happy that I've made this book. Wonderful. Well, that that is great to hear. Well, I thank you so much for your time today and for for sharing with us about your your book that you wrote, Weeds in Nana's Garden. Do you have um, any plans for any other books regarding dementia at all, or? I think my next plan is to look at getting this in different languages. That's what I would really love to do next and uh, offer the book to other in Spanish and French. And that's kind of my, I guess, my first goal (laughs) at the present. Okay. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Catherine. Um, It's just been a pleasure to talk with you about, again, your book, Weeds in Nana's Garden. And you can uh, go to... The book's website, again, weedsinnanasgarden.com. Um, yeah. And um, go ahead and purchase that book, and please do share that with, with friends and family and colleagues as well. And if you, if you purchase the book and want to pass it on to a library or an elementary school, that would be wonderful as well. <laughs> yes, thank you so much again for having me. I'm so thrilled to be able to share about my book. Mm-hmm. And uh, so happy to be part of this such a valuable program that you run. Oh, great. Amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, for those of you who um, haven't listened to our, our last couple of shows, we had uh, Orange County on, Alzheimer's Orange County on, and they talked about their outreach and advocacy programs. We also um, talked about connecting the dots to being person-centered in terms of our healthcare transformation. And then we had uh, Haley Richmond on, where we talked about kids as caregivers. So those are just like the last three shows that we've done. Our upcoming show this Friday will be um, talking about It's Time to Rethink Horseplay, and we're going to be talking about um, horse therapy for people. We're also going to have uh, Tom and Karen Brenner on about the Montessori method, and Gary LeBlanc and Lisa Rodriguez will be coming up on the 17th um, talking about their new book. Um, As for Dementia Chats, which is a free video uh, that we do where our panel of experts actually lives with dementia, we our last one we talked about dementia and anger, and our next one will be coming up on uh, June 14th, and that'll be at 11 Eastern, 10 Central, 9 Mountain, 8 Pacific, and 4 London time. We'd love for you to join us. That is free. Our um, last Conscious Caring interview that we had was with... uh, Elon um, Caspi, who is a dementia behavioral specialist, and he talked about his wood carving 
piece, which is a brain that is now um, on display at the Cushing Center at Yale. And uh, we had just a really interesting conversation about the process and about some of his his beliefs um, regarding dementia. Our next interview will be with uh, Claire Webster from Canada, who has some exciting and helpful services for those dealing with dementia. So we'll be putting that up on the blog and the, the website as soon as that is done. In the meantime, you may also want to read a couple of blog posts, um, both done by people living with dementia. One is called Include Us, and that was um, written, let's see, we posted that on May 27th, and that's by Michael Ellenbogen, who is a very renowned, um, outspoken person living with dementia. And on um, May 23rd, Brian LeBlanc, also living with dementia, uh, wrote a piece entitled I Hate You, which was extremely powerful. And um, Brian is also a very uh, large advocate uh, who lives down in Florida. Uh, Last, I just want to give a shout out to the Caregiver Alert Center, um, who is wonderful at disseminating information that can be life-saving if somebody wanders off. Um, You might want to check them out. You can just go to alzheimerspeaks.com and you will see a um, banner on our homepage for them. You can get a discounted price. Um, It's only $15 a year, and with a discounted price, it's even less than that. Um, To be prepared in case your loved one or client would wander off. You may also want to check out Apples to Apples on Monday at 2.30 Central Time with Scott and Drew Applebaum, um, who are a father and son team here on Alive and Social. And uh, they discuss a lot about sports and kind of banter back and forth, kind of a fun conversation. I think that's all I have for right now. Um, Last, I'll just remind you in terms of wrapping up, um, remember that, you know, life isn't perfect. And um, we need to really focus on three simple things that your memory chip can teach us to care better Instead of focusing so much um, and so strictly on our to-do list, we really need to focus on the person. Are they safe? Are they happy? And are they pain-free? Until next time, have a great week. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Wayshowers who will help your journey a lot easier.